Yeah, they're dead. They're all messed up. Let's go get him. That's another one for the fire. All right, and we're back with another episode of Horror Vision. I'm your host, John. And I'm the co-host, Bob. And today, uh, we got Ghostbusters Afterlife for you. Hey, who are you going to call? I, we, I guess we found out it is. It's still the Ghostbusters. Kind of. I mean... I mean, spoilers, but if the Ghostbusters don't show up at the end, like, uh, things... They do make a call, but they say, don't call here again. Yeah, but they stayed on the line and they showed up, because, you know, those Ghostbusters are good guys. They're going to show up. They care. (sighs) They all care. Oh, man. You ready for uh, Thanksgiving book? Right now, I'm going to say no, just because I ate uh, too many slices of pizza, but, like, tomorrow I'll be ready. Yeah, I'm not asking, like, hey, are you going to fire up a turkey right now? But, like... Honest to God, I probably could, because I I love turkey. You fat fuck. (laughs) It's Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving's a one time a year. I don't care who you are. I don't care where you are. If you have access to turkey, you better eat all of that turkey. Oh, I thought you were going to sing that one song. I don't care who you are. No, I I I, lo- I love didn't want to get sued. I love that video, like the British people in the pub, like the whole pub singing it. Great, great stuff. Uh, I would say a classic. It is. It is a classic. Um, what was I gonna say here though? Uh, so best best part of the episode. Uh, what have you been up to, Bug? Well, this past week I've been um. I've been thinking. That's dangerous. Very, very dangerous. But um, I think it's time to make a couple sacrifices. Are you going to kill somebody? No, 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 no. Um, if you remember the other day, I asked you completely random question. And, yeah, uh, you asked me, you said, if you were a Dracula, you'd tell me, right? And I said, no. no. No, I, I asked you, uh, are you P-Shy? And you, you said, no, here, I'm not P-Shy. I said, oh, okay, good. Listen, for reference, dude, I've taken pisses at the, the trough at, at Heinz Field in Pittsburgh. Like, you're like, exactly. you're, you're literally not even, it's not elbow to elbow. You just like put your shoulder next to the, the dude next to you and everyone's peeing in this trough. God, I ever exactly. tell you how much I hate that stadium? All the time. Diehard die Steelers fan, I hate that stadium. Thank you for proving my point. You're not peach high. That's that's excellent. I, I, yeah, but the I don't sacri- know where you're going the with sacrifices this. that need to be made. I think it's time that we pee on someone. <laughs> what? Where is this coming from? 
Well, so I, uh, so if you remember last week, a couple weeks ago, the uh, lead singer for Brass Against peed on that guy. Oh, on stage. yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Have you seen ticket sales? And I think they're, they have a Europe tour going on right now or coming up next. Their ticket sales went through the roof. Yeah. Honestly, Boog, this is why I'm saying when you're thinking it's dangerous, that is not a bad idea. Granted, I don't I want to be pi- pissing on, to people, on people, but if it means if it means a sacrifice to make the uh, the podcast blow up and uh, the success of our podcast, I'll do it. Just, exactly. So, any listeners out there, if you're into that, just <laughs> send us an email: huntershorrorvision at gmail dot com. <laughs> yeah, it, it's time. Uh, I see. Me, I can't do it though. I, I am I am pee shy. I can't do it. Okay. Well, I'm, I'll take the one for the team. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> All right, let's hop into to, uh, to Ghostbusters here. Um, All right. Initial thoughts. What did you think of this? I absolutely loved it. Yes. Um, I was I was pleasantly surprised because I had high expectations based upon like uh, Jason Rittman, son of the original director, coming in, um, and then being able to get the majority of the original cast back, obviously Harold Ramis, he couldn't cause he died, but they did have a solution for that. Um, but the, when they finally released the trailer, I was like, Oh, this is not really what I'm expecting. And, and honestly, first reaction to the movie is that it's not really a Ghostbusters movie. It's a movie that takes place in the Ghostbusters universe. Um, and like I guess the way to put that is like it, it definitely fits in, um, but if it, it, it's more of like a kid driven, it's almost like uh, kind of like the Goonies. Um, this this movie is the type of movie that makes you feel old. If you remember seeing Ghostbusters the first one in theaters, and then watching this one and seeing how old Bill Murray is, yeah, I mean Ernie Hudson is, to, Dan Aykroyd is, it makes you like, oh damn, I'm old. To be. Like, to be fair, neither one of us had the chance for that experience because uh, I am significantly older than you. And uh, actually, the age difference that between me and you is how long this movie came out before I was born. Seven years? Um, because, yeah, because I was born at like the end of 90 and this came out earlier, 1984. And I was born... Right smack dad in the middle of 97. Yeah, so pretty much around the same there. So we didn't have that. I did. I have seen the original in theaters, though, and it was like a special thing. It was like the 35th. It was like 2014. So uh, how long would that have been? 30-year anniversary? Yeah, 30-year anniversary. I saw a, a special screening in theaters, and it, it's still awesome. Like Ghostbusters, you're never going to re- be able to recapture that's that's lightning in a bottle like that's one of the all-time great horror comedies comedies in general it's just a, a great piece of uh cinema um with that being said I, w- I was pleasantly surprised with this movie i did enjoy it um I, they, they could have like reboots i guess would you consider this a reboot yeah so it, it's definitely it falls along like the reboot uh, legacy sequel type um, because it, it definitely is a continuation of the original two uh, Ghostbusters, um, but at the same time, it, it do- does a good job of like being its own thing. Um, 
but it also we'll get into it in like spoilers and stuff um it feels kind of like i wouldn't say empty but it it shows you what's really necessary for like a full-blown ghostbusters movie in particular like what i'm referencing is like the city of new york uh, cause this one mm-hmm. takes place out in like the middle of nowhere in Oklahoma. And it, it was an interesting story and definitely expanded upon the lore of the franchise. Uh, but, uh, it, we'll talk about it. the post credit really. This is, this almost feels like a setup movie to me, you know, like they, they put the, the, the arrow in the right direction. And if, uh, like the next film, cause there'd definitely be another one. This one did well. Um, they put it in the right space to make a sequel that could potentially feel like the original Ghostbusters. So uh, we'll get into that though. But uh, do you want to do the, the quick uh, plot synopsis? Well, yeah. So I just want to say one thing. Mm-hmm. I think it was a very old, very brave step. They took here with this movie because everyone remembers the reboot that they did a couple years back, the all-female cast of Ghostbusters, and how big of a flop that was. I, I think I think it took a lot of guts for them to go in to, I don't even know who made this movie, wherever, and, and like, hey, we're going to make another Ghostbusters, you know? Yeah. And they, they to me, they hit the, uh, they hit the nail on the head with a hammer. I, th- I think they did pretty, pretty well with this. So, um, I don't know. I, I just I, I just wanted to say that because I feel like it, that move that the all females cast movie of Ghostbusters was yeah we're just nowhere gonna, we'll at all. Ju- we'll terrible. just yeah we'll just pretend like that didn't happen. That never happened. Strike it, it from ever, strike it from remember. the record. Plus uh, McCartney who? All right, give give us a little plot synopsis here, Bug. A little synopsis of this movie. This takes place thirty two years after the original Ghostbusters was released or happened in New York City. Uh, It starts off with a mother, a daughter, and her son, and they're being evicted from their home. And fortunately, unfortunately for them, they just found out their grandfather passed away. Uh, To settle his estate, they decide to go out there and little known to the children that they don't know that uh, they're going to be living there until uh, everything gets settled. They thought they were only going to be there for a week, but it turns out they're going to be there for the entire summer. The owner of the house, not really said until later, but hinted at was uh, Dr. Egon Spangler. You remember him from the original Ghostbusters. Uh, It turns out Egon Spangler had a falling out with the original Ghostbusters, and he kind of went power crazy thinking that there was much more of a threat from the paranormal beings than uh, anything else in the world, I guess. Uh, As uh, they moved into the house, they started to notice some paranormal poltergeist-like activities, things turn around, things moving, whatnot. And that's when the main actress, Kenny Grace, I think her name is, yeah. discovers discovers that 
her grandfather, the house that she's staying in, was in a Ghostbuster. And she starts watching film or the old commercials or old advertisements of New York City and talking with people about uh, everything that they went through in the 80s in New York City. Shortly after discovering that her grandfather was a Ghostbuster, she started to peek around the house more and find the secrets of the ghost catching technology that uh, Egon had stashed there and what he was using throughout the years to capture and hold all ghosts that he could find. That's when the real trouble broke out when she had no idea that she actually had possessed, uh, had in possession of her a ghost trap with the actual ghost inside of it. And one of the most, I, I what was the name of the ghost? I can't remember now. Uh, so I don't know specifically which ghost it was because I don't, I don't think the, he, he didn't have captured Gozer, but it could have been like Zol. It could have been one of the, um, like the gatekeeper, the key master from like the original. But anyway, like when that Paul Rudd, the, the science teacher that was familiar with the old Ghostbusters, well, I guess he wasn't really a science teacher. He was like the summer school teacher. When he um, inadvertently opened the trap, the ghost went back into the local town mine, uh, Shandor Mining. And it's a little callback to the original because the building um, that they had their confrontation with Gozer in the original one was specifically designed by Evo Shandor. And that's basically... Um, so, like, the metals and stuff they got to build that building was from this mine that Shandor owned. So it goes back in there, um, basically is like starting the apocalypse back up that Egon moved out there to try to stop. Um, and then that's when you get into the third act, the craziness going down. Um, Gozer comes back, um, and it leads to a final confrontation. And it turns out that Egon's plan was a little bit more in depth. And the three living original Ghostbusters come back to uh, basically team up with the new young kids and save the day. That's pretty much it. <laughs> pretty much a little wrap of what goes on in this. Alright, well, we'll go right into a little pros, little cons, things you like, things you didn't. What do, what do you think about what you, What are you feeling? Because I know you really enjoyed this. First pro, obvious pro for me. I've talked about him multiple times. Not about this movie, but all of his movies that I've seen him in. Mr. Paul Rudd. Fuck yeah, Paul Rudd. Absolutely Paul Rudd's the. I, Paul Rudd should be in every movie. <laughs> he, honest to God, I don't think I'll ever get tired of seeing Paul Rudd in a movie. He's just naturally funny. I don't know. He's not like Bill Murray funny because Bill Murray. Ad, or, uh, improvises a lot of his lines. I don't know if Paul Rudd does that, but Paul Rudd, like just his mannerisms when he gives his lines, when he does his like performances, acting, it's beautiful and it's so funny. And that's exactly the type of comedy that I think they needed for this to try to get up to Bill Murray's level of the original Ghostbusters, and he crushed it. Yeah, so I'll, I'll say. Because it'll be like a little pro and a con. 
Uh, Pro was the the funniest lines in, in the comedy in the movie were Paul Rudd's lines. Um, but pretty much everyone else's, they tried, but it, it fell flat. Um, like the corny dad jokes that they wrote for uh, McKenna Grace's character, um, who she's pretty much the de facto main character. She, they, they really portray up and it's like her character that, that she is socially awkward. Um, but the jokes written for her were like real, real cringe. Like they didn't really work. Um, then even when they brought the Ghostbusters back, like there's some funny, funny bits, but they, they kind of needed ironed out a little bit more. It didn't have that magic and snarky, like when Bill Murray was delivering his lines, like you could see it, but it was like almost like he wasn't into those lines. So I, I thought overall, like the comedic like tone of the movie, it was the right idea, but it just really didn't hit all the time, except for Paul Rudd's lines. Like Paul Rudd's were like spot on for him. Absolutely. Um, I know we talked about this, uh, and you kind of briefly mentioned it. Uh, McKenna Grace is, you know, as Phoebe, main actor. Um, you weren't too fond of that Ghostbusters grandchild being like the main attention of this. Um, so it's, it's, it's more complicated than that because I think that she did an excellent job and she really captured like, the essence of someone that would be a relative of Egon and his style. But I thought the tough part with that is that um, in the original Ghostbusters, like Egon wasn't the main focus because he was more serious science driven. Like he was like a side character and he had great mm -hmm. and hilarious lines in the original, but like he doesn't work as a main focus because he is that socially awkward type. Like that's like, a side character that adds funny in. And so it's going to be tough on your story that when your main character that you focus on is that like socially awkward, um, genuinely like serious type character. So it, it, it's tough and it still overall worked for the movie, but I just thought that that's, um, was it like a, a difficult decision to choose that style of character as your main character? Uh, when so you watched the movie before me, and I remember you saying that I didn't uh, even talk about that yet. I had the awesome experience. So all the theaters around here, like post COVID, um, their day before I went to Thursday, where it's like usually it's like bad. We talked about this in the past. It would be like the midnight premiere, or like, and they keep bumping it back. Well, since COVID, they still had the early premieres, but it started at like one o'clock on Thursday and was done by seven because they have staffing issues and really you, you can't get the staff in and stuff. Well, the one theater had a 940 showing that I felt like no one knew about. So I went to the nine, I had a hockey game earlier in the night. So I played my hockey game, came home, showered, and I went to the 940 showing. Um, <laughs> I was the only person in the theater and it was, I'll tell you what book, it was glorious. I, was sat dead center. I had popcorn in one seat, my drink holder in the other one, sprawled out. I was in there by myself. If I wanted to, I could just take my pants off, just been at, made myself at home. And they gave me a free poster. See, I wish I got a free poster. I yeah. did not. Uh, Even though it's like the size of a piece of paper, I'd still, I, I like free stuff. Yeah, it's like one of those mini posters. Like that time we went to it, 
Yeah, I got that somewhere. Maybe. No. Maybe. But so, the, so you you saw this before me, and I remember you saying it was kind of a weird choice that they went with like the awkward Ghostbuster and having her awkward grandchild be like the star at this. And before I saw this, I was like, yeah, that, that makes sense. Like, why would you want that? Because usually those people are quiet. They're they're shy. They don't talk a lot. You know. Yeah, it's hard um, to just drive your story around those characters unless you're doing like a story arc where it's like. They come out of their shell, and they have some type of arc where they like almost change as a character, um, but that's not like what they were doing with this story. So I don't, I don't really have an issue with it because it it does work overall, but it, it's just a um, unique story choice. Well, um, yeah. So, so the reason why I wanted to bring that up is because after seeing it, I thought it was perfect because I don't know. I, I this, like this movie a lot, book, but this movie had a lot of flaws. I would this movie's not no. anywhere close to perfect. I know, but the but it was a, I thought it was a perfect choice to have Igor's granddaughter because I don't know I don't know of any other like any other grandchild of any of the main Ghostbusters who could have portrayed this type of story. Yeah, so I, ma- I I think to this me it makes sense because Igor actually or Egon. Not Igor, Egon, yeah. Harold Ramis actually died, you know. So, like to me, it it made sense, and it 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 all kind of went together after watching this, and kind of during watching this, that you know, because he actually passed away in real life, that it makes more sense for for his grandchild to be the star of this. That's how I'm looking at it. It's kind of I know it's kind of confusing. I think. I mean, I think Sometimes. I think story. It was it was a tough story choice in general. I think because th- this goes back to what I was saying before about it being a setup movie, because what they essentially set up in the post credit scene would make for a more interesting story than the, this movie actually had. Um, the essence of Ghostbusters are like four. And then you got the side characters like Louis Tolley, uh, Rick Moranis, um, the secretary. She was in this, but uh, like uh, Scorny Weaver's kid. Like, but the the essence of the original Ghostbusters was it was like a buddy comedy. It was like four like comedic legends, like not just riffing, but like well tuned jokes out there, busting ghosts like that. That's what Ghostbusters pretty much feels like to me. And in the post credit sequence in this movie, they set that up with um, Ernie Hudson potentially reopening, buying back the old uh, firehouse in New York and getting the, the uh, Ecto-1 back and, and pretty much setting that up. Like, that's how I would have taken a sequel to Ghostbusters 1 and 2 is the old Ghostbusters is almost mentors or like oh franchising it and like I where I don't have a problem with this movie at all and it makes it a perfect setup is the story they told was still an interesting story and the characters were well done so you were still invested in them so it was still a story worth telling but it almost felt like a side story um that's like 
it, it was okay to move the overall story of the franchise along, but the the real story we want, and if I were to have been making the sequel, it would have been about the Ghostbusters franchising or bringing on a new crew of people. Um, but but they they set it up perfectly because they have this movie and they have the post credit scene. It sets that up for the next step of the franchise. The only thing that I that worries me about that setup is if they do something like, oh, we're going to bring in like the kids now and they're going to move to New York and they're going to be Ghostbusters. Like I was OK with them, like getting the proton packs and maybe a little bit was awkward that they after using it for like one time and just finding this this shit. And I know Egon's ghost was helping them, but like they were just like good to go off the bat. Where if you watch the original Ghostbusters, it took them a little bit how to figure out how to be Ghostbusters. Yeah. Um, but I, I would, I would have, as far as the story for this sequel would have went where the potential sequel for this one goes. And the only thing that this movie worries me about is if they bring these kids, cause these kids were, were perfect for this story. Like, um, uh, Egon's granddaughter, uh, the grandson played by Finn Wolfhard. He was all right. He didn't really do much if you really think about it, but he, he was all right. Um, and then the, the friend of the daughter, that little podcast kid, he was pretty funny. So like they, they were good for this story, but I wouldn't have them in the sequel. What personally, what I would do, I would definitely bring Paul Rudd back. Um, cause spoiler it's Paul Rudd's not a ghostbuster in this movie. He actually becomes one of like, I can't remember if it was the gatekeeper, the key master, uh, which that's another positive for me. That scene in Walmart was hilarious when he's getting chased by the, uh, the demon dog. Yeah. Um, but the, the sequel, I bring Paul Rudd back and, and the way I would do that is like, he is now familiar with like the equipment and he's experienced like being around the ghostbusters and things like that. I would bring him on, hire him in and then some other type of like actors around his age, like comedic dudes, I would I would bring two three others of those in, and then you'd have your new Ghostbusters team, and then you, you go from there. Uh, but that's obviously that's getting ahead of ourselves. But that's how I it was just um, weird because like like I was I said at the very beginning of this this felt more like the Goonies than it did a Ghostbusters movie. It's very much in fits into the Ghostbusters universe, but it feel, felt like a like a side story. Um, cause Ghostbusters to me was never about like kids and stuff like that. It's, it's about the, the adults. It's a, it's a buddy comedy uh, at the essence of it. So if they go, so I hope, I really hope they bring Paul Rudd back, um, and they make him a Ghostbuster. I, I'm trying to think of other actors they could, you know, put in there as Ghostbusters. Um, one I would say so definitely Paul Rudd. I'm thinking maybe like a Zach Galifianakis type of No. Thing. That that's like too, that's so? like too goofy. Like, too... like Paul Paul Rudd's like a goofy enough of a dude. I mean, I like I don't cuz I don't necessarily want them to like copy like the archetype set up by like like uh Ray Stance um like a, you don't need another Egon, you don't need another Winston. Um, like, well, I can't. I'm drawing a blank on Bill Murray or not Bill Murray. Uh, fucking um, 
Yeah, Bill Murray's character, uh, Peter Bankman. Like, you don't have to necessarily have characters that are going to act like the original four. Um, but you do have to have, like, four different types of personalities. Uh, but it, it could be, like, it could be anyone. I mean, obviously, that would be the key to get the right chemistry, because the original guys had great chemistry. But I, I just, uh, I, I think that's the way for them to go. Uh, but not think think about no. I did. A, I have another pro that I wanted to say before I forget. What? Uh, the practical effects in this movie are fucking awesome. Like the for the demon dogs, the they used all practical and it looked awesome. Like yeah, uh, they they went all out for this. And then we say it, it, we appreciate the practical effects. As as far as some of the CGI, some of it was weak, but overall, like the CGI they used for Gozer in this, and I, I told you this the first thing I got out of the theater, I said, the best I've seen in like a decade. Like when Gozer was on screen, I was like, holy shit! Like I, I think for me, the best part in this movie was Gozer in the performance. I think I read somewhere it was uh, Olivia Wilde played Gozer, and it was like a foreign like model in the original, but like it was, it was great. It was awesome. Um, and then the, the playback to the original joke in, in the original one, when she asks Ray, like, are you a God? And he says, no. And then like, then die. And then she like electrocutes him. that when that, when she asks again and he has to stop and think, and Bill Murray's like, are you serious, Ray? He's like, Oh yeah, yeah, we're gods. <laughs> I thought that was See, funny. I, I thought it was but funny. There was like, a funny joke to me. The delivery was off. Like, yeah, I, I yeah. didn't like the delivery of that joke. That was my next thing is they did it right. And then they like let it kind of drag on for too long. Like it, you could have added that mm -hmm. down. But like where that went after that, like it didn't have any effect. It's like they threw that in, but they didn't know what to do with it. And there was a couple little things with that, with like some of the nostalgia that they just put it in there, but didn't do anything with it. Um, but it was great to see. Um as far as, as far as like some of the other things that I, I didn't like, uh, so I get why they put the little like the mini state puff marshmallow little little goobers in there, um, and they were all right. There's a little a couple little funny parts with them, but overall, like one they don't make sense because the reason that like the state puff marshmallow man happened in the original was it was like the projection he chose in his mind for the destroyer. Um, but now they just kind of like showed up and they didn't really do too much. And they were, I honestly, they were just in there. It looked like they maybe sell toys for like the cuteness factor. I don't know. So I didn't, I didn't really like, like those ones too much. Um, mm -hmm. uh, but the other issue I had along with that. So like, if you think back to the original Ghostbuster, when shit went down in the final act, like the Titanic comes in, like all these different ghosts and they have that scene showing that. In this one, they have it a little bit, but there was. It seemed like the town where they only end up with like two or three ghosts. Like they didn't really like go all out in that. And like, I'm not asking for like too many ghosts, um, <laughs> but uh, I I think it, in that scene you need at least like two, three more scenes of like different like ghosts or like like the that, that's another one on the practical effects when they show that miner come in for coffee. Um, yeah, with his like face like all deteriorated and stuff like that looked awesome. Yeah, it, again, the practical effects of this were great. I mean, they went all out, and it, it was a big, big and I, thumbs up. Yeah, I know it seems like I'm ripping it, too. Like, 
one other little problem I had is, and I know you had to get it out and kind of like introduce, but I, I felt like in the middle section, the pacing was kind of off on the movie. Like it kind of like slowed down to like a crawl. Um, and, and that's just, it, it's, it's tough when you're doing a franchise like this because the original Ghostbusters has what, what some people would consider like perfect pacing. Um, but yeah, it, it seems slow at points, but it, it gets going. Uh, I guess my only last other one is some of the choices they make at the final near the end in that act were, were I wouldn't necessarily say they were wrong, but they felt like it felt weird to me. Anytime you see a dead actor, uh, spoilers, they, Harold Ramis comes back as a ghost to help the Ghostbusters at the end. Um, he's been dead for a couple years. I just like he looked good and it looked believable, and I like that they didn't have him talk because that would have made it even more awkward. Um, but it just it's, it feels weird to me, like when they use CGI to bring back a um, deceased actor. That being said, unlike other movies, like the CGI for him that was spot on. Like they did great on that. Yeah, I. I that's another thing we talked about before this was. I mean, we were happy that they didn't have him talk because that would have just ruined it. Because you know it wasn't going to be his voice, and there was going to be yeah. some type of uh, some type of like editing to make it sound like him. But I thought the like the CGI of uh, of him, you know, to make him you know look like he was actually there. I thought that was excellent. I thought that's exactly how Harold Remus would look if he was still alive in today's world. You know. Um, my, my biggest thing though, with, with, um, my biggest thing with like the final sequence of this, it's a pro for me is, um, I actually thought when they brought in Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd, Ernie Hudson at the very end there, the tension in the, in the movie in that part, like they were about to like fail. It was, you know, it was the end of the movie because they're you know, going against yeah, but that's the, not tension because you know they weren't going to fail. But like what I no, like, no, so what, what I like this the one the they... scene that really worked for me, and it was a real Bill Murray delivery, and it felt true to the characters, is when they're all got the proton packs, and Egon's ghost shows up and helps the granddaughter with hers, and Bill Murray looks over and he goes, "I thought you'd show up." Like I was like, "That's spot on. That's that's good. That's good stuff right there, book." Yeah. Just the way that they they were introduced into this at the very end in that moment, I thought that was perfect. You know, I I wouldn't to be I wouldn't write that any other way. I thought it was great. The last fifteen minutes, they came in to save the day to experience Ghostbusters, even though they haven't done it for a while. They know what they're doing. They know what kind, they're working with. Yeah, kind of. That um, was great. I would have had so the way I would have had them come in is when she first calls Ray. Um. When they're in jail, when when the kids are in jail for discharging the proton packs, uh, when she first called, I would have had the Ghostbusters come in then, and then like them devise a plan as the shit's going down at the end, and like kind of help the kids out and show them what to do, or maybe even like a classic trope from like a kid movie is like the Ghostbusters are like, oh we got this, and then the kids are like, well they don't really know they're gonna need our help, and the kids sneak off and they they end up helping out, something like that at the end where. It kind of just was like they just showed up, you know, at the very like the last ten minutes. Like I get it that she had called them earlier, but I, I, they are older and it's tough. And it was it was awesome seeing them on screen, but just how they mm -hmm. just like show up at the perfect time at the end there, like 
I don't know. It it, it literally. See, no, I, I get what you're saying with like have them come in, devise a plan. Like, no, you guys stay back. We're we're the experts. We got this. And then have them fail and have the kids like step in. And, well, like, not even fail or like the kids see, help at the end or the kids figure something else out. Like, I would have done that because this is like a kid style movie like that. But at, at this, at the end, it was like it felt like there was the other story going on. And then when the Ghostbusters show up, it becomes a Ghostbusters movie for the last fifteen minutes. Okay. So, yeah, because I, I feel like a, at, way, at I times have, I wouldn't have the kids help out. At times in this movie, it feels like they're kind of confused at what they wanted to do. At time, and overall, it, it works and, and it's very entertaining. But it, there's the overall their idea of what they want to do kind of gets confused. Uh, mm-hmm. But that being said, like definitely a pro when the Ghostbusters are on the screen, they're still the Ghostbusters. It was fucking awesome. Yeah, it was that that moment kind of gave me chills. And also when they first uh, fired up uh, Ecto One and you heard the the horn that or the, the siren or, or when they that flip gave me ch- when like they, nostalgia chills when they flip on the proton pack and it has like yeah. the exact right sounds like ooh that's a proton pack yeah. Like that, that was like, oh my goodness. This is what the world's come to so far in this movie. If this is all that's going on in the world, not too bad. You know what scene I really liked? Uh, anything with podcast. Uh, yeah, well, most of his stuff was, was pretty funny. It was pretty good. But no, uh, the one that really worked for me was when uh, they, they beat Gozer. And Paul Rudd, he was in one of the dogs, and it crumbles, like, in the original, and he comes out. And uh, Finn Wolfhardy asks him, he's like, are you all right? He's like, yeah, I'm pretty good, except for my arms are real tired from um, from all the galloping. Ga- from all the galloping. <laughs> I, yeah, I like that. Yeah, that was, that was a great little line there. <clears throat> Again, Paul Rudd just being Paul Rudd. Yeah. Hilarious. Well, I, I think that's pretty much all I got. Like, there's definitely, I, I know I talked a lot of, about the cons, but the rest of it, it, it just works. They they told a told a good story here. Um, it, it adds to the the mythology, and uh, I am I'm I'm excited. I think they got the franchise pointed in the right direction. They just gotta take off and run across the finish line now. We we yeah we did a lot of cons we did a lot of pros but at the end of the day this movie was a very entertaining movie so it was it was intriguing to us and here we are sitting and we're probably going to be doing this for a while is thinking of like you know i wonder if they could have done this or done that would it have been better or worse it's, it's just it was an intriguing yeah, movie especially with it the, entertaining with the franchise with that has a lot of expectations um hoisted upon it like when you mm-hmm. you're gonna make a sequel to some all time classics, it's it's tough, and that's why you'll you'll find yourself sitting around and picking on little like choices and stuff. But at the end of the day, um, Jason Ritman looked back at his dad's work, and he went in there and he he put a quality film out. He he took a job that is incredibly hard to do, and shoes to live up to, and he he didn't he didn't falter. He went up there and he delivered a quality product. So you got to give him a shout out on that for sure. It might cap to you, sir. If, if you listen, Boogie, well, don't wear hats. Hats. I never seen you wear a hat not once. Are you, t- are you kidding me? With 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 what I got going on, hats are my style now. I got a haircut today. 
yeah you can keep that to yourself <laughs> i just i just wanted to say that it turned out really well oh oh i bet it did it really did it really no. did i'm very very happy of a nice thanksgiving haircut <laughs> happy for you thanks man all right well let's get into uh ratings recommendations but one one thing i want to say so we got paul rudd what about what about a bill murray or not bill murray jesus he's in the movie uh, i know <laughs> did you I know. watch it <laughs> what a, yeah i know what about a bill Hader? oh yes yes bill Hader would make a great ghostbuster i would yes. have him play like an almost goofier style like he'd be more of like the scientific guy or actually no you know what i would go with um you know bill Hader's character in um what the fuck's the the one with uh adam sandberg the stunt dude oh um hot rod hot rod bill Hader's style character like that like he's supposed to be like the ramp like specialist and shit but he's like this goofy like weird dude I'd have him come yeah. in as like a Ghostbuster like that. Yes. That's a great great hey. pick. Bill Hader. Call call him up, let him know. Yeah, I'll be right back, guys. Okay. All right. Yeah, while you do that, I'll hop in too. Uh as far as my rating, I am gonna go with an eight point four. I would recommend this to pretty much a wide range. Um if you're a horror fan with kids, a, a great movie to take your kids to. Um, not too scary. Uh, they'll enjoy the kids. You'll enjoy the nostalgia from your childhood, um, as well as just an overall entertaining movie. Uh, Ghostbusters fans, uh, there's nothing in this that will, will upset you. Doesn't fuck with the franchise at all, and actually fleshes out a little bit more of the backstory to the movies you like. So it's definitely a good companion piece to the original. So you'll you'll definitely like that. Um, in general, because it's few and far between when you can just go to a, a movie and relax and enjoy something. Like, I would uh, recommend getting back out to the theaters and, and checking it out. So, um, there's very few people who I wouldn't recommend this to. Uh, I guess if you're, like, a diehard, diehard, like, you're Ghostbusters. Like, if you're the type of person that only likes Ghostbusters 1 and you thought Ghostbusters 2 wasn't, wasn't great, which is, like, weird. Like, obviously, it's not as good as the original, but, like, um, second off, go, like, go fuck yourself. Like, Ghostbusters 2 is still awesome. If you're like a purist like that, um, with really unrealistic expectations, like you, you would probably not like this. But then also, like nobody likes you, so go fuck yourself. <laughs> uh, but other than that, yeah, I'd, I'd recommend this to pretty much everybody. Like, go out and have yourself a good time. Get a big bucket of popcorn. Get all kinds of uh, tasty butter on there, and uh, have yourself a time. You know, that's all I can say. That's it. That's all I got for you, book. What what uh what rating did you give it again? Eight point four. Oh. All right, all right. Eight point four, respectable, very very respectable. Um, I'm gonna give this a eight point seven. And you know why I'm not gonna give it a nine or anything higher? I don't remember a single Rick Moranis reference in this entire movie. Yeah, so it's kind of uh, a Latin. So backstory with Rick Moranis is he had quit Hollywood for a long time. Um, after his wife passed away, he decided to retire from acting and take care of his kids, which that's very noble, very awesome. But respectable, it's, yeah, hundred percent. Like, but it's a shame because Rick Moranis is an awesome comedic actor. Um, mm -hmm. And I, I'd known. So this was crazy. This story during the pandemic, 
um, Ryan Reynolds had got him to come back and act in a commercial. Like, if you remember seeing that commercial. But when he got him to come back during the pandemic, someone in New York, while he's walking down the street, punched him right in the face. So I don't think, I think he's back to not acting again. Like, what kind of savage piece of shit punches Rick Moranis in the face? Yes. Yeah, I don't blame him for going back to, to not acting. Yeah, I mean, punch I, him in the face. Like, your your faith in humanity would have to be, like, at an all-time low there. Like, punch Rick Moranis. If I saw someone punch Rick Moranis in the face, you know what I would do, Book? Ooh. Let me tell you. I'll tell that. I'll tell you what that person that punched him. He doesn't have yeah. to worry about being afraid of ghosts because he's about to be a ghost. Oh. <laughs> oh. That's a, that's. You made dark helmet proud today, sir. I want to watch space. You know what I watched? Speaking of uh, spaceballs, Rick Moranis, and that obviously that's the connection. I watched yeah. two days ago. I, I rewatched Young Frankenstein. I love that Mel Brooks oh, movie. <laughs> absolute classic. We always talk about reviewing it. We just never do it. What brain is in my monster's body then? Uh, some person named Abby. Abby what? Abby normal. You tell me I put an abnormal brain in my monster? I love that fucking movie. It's a great one. I, I, hey, was, you know I was talking to Al about that after I watched it again. And I was talking about all-time comedy scenes. Like, scenes that are like... It doesn't necessarily have to be an all-time comedy movie, but a scene that will always make you laugh. And typically it's going to be in those movies. But the yes. the putting on the Ritz scene, that will always make me laugh. Oh my goodness. I was actually just thinking about that. You know what they always say? <laughs> i'd love that so much so it's so all right we're, we're putting that down we're gonna have to do that one in the near future that's yes, absolutely um, yeah but other than... yes. so i just wanted to 8.7 is what i give it okay it's a great very entertaining uh it did it did have some hiccups i think some things could have been improved on but for the most part it hit where it needed to hit and it got its point across it was funny um so for recommendations, I think you hit it, uh, hit the nail on the head as well. Um, this is more of like a family movie. It's not scary. It's uh, I don't even know what this is rated PG thirteen maybe PG thirteen. Yeah, I don't even yeah. know. It, yeah, it's, it's rated PG thirteen. I, th I think it's a great family movie. It's funny. There's some uh, adult humor in it. There's some like child humor in it. There's child references. You know, like it, it's. Overall, this is a movie that you can probably enjoy from the age of, I'd say, six or seven, all the way until you're like 99. You know, like this is something that everyone could possibly enjoy, unless you're like, uh, what did you say? One of those pure Ghostbuster fans, and and you have and to I be like you, a I, real purist, because yeah, in general, this this definitely you can tell there's the the care and respect of mm -hmm. of like what the movies that came before like this do, does nothing like that's going to piss off like the legacy of the originals like it um the, it's definitely was crafted with a lot of thought yeah um, it kept what needed to be kept like example the ecto one sound uh the the, the even, know, down the, uh, to, even down to even down to the classic down. music and sound cues and stuff like it's very yes. much uh a continuation of the story Yes, it was respectable to a classic comedy. And 8.7, family movie, everyone 
will probably enjoy this in my opinion. I ain't afraid no ghost. I ain't afraid no toast. I could go for some toast. You know what the best line in the Ghostbusters theme song is, though? What's that? Bustin' makes me feel good. Oh, I do like that line. You know what my favorite uh, line, though, is? Oh, Put on the reds! Look, I will pay if we ever did a live show. We're gonna. I'll. I'll go down. I'll. I'll do the coordination. Everything, but we'll dress you up in that big Frankenstein costume. We'll do that. We'll do the putting on the Ritz. But enough fans, we could sell enough tickets for a live show. You're doing the putting that, on the Ritz dance. That's. I'll do it if that's a live show. You pee on somebody, <laughs> dude. I mean, these ticket prices are gonna be skyrocketing. You got to get them while they're hot. We'll, hey. we'll organize this. Take it or leave it. We'll do like a little uh, bingo or auction thing. You know, we'll have all the seat numbers in one of those like big ball pins. We'll roll it around. We'll pull one out and be like seat, seat four. I'll drink a shit ton of water F. too. Seat four F, please come on and take your prize. And you just start picking on. Uh, I thought it'd be like, um, like uh, at SeaWorld, like the splash zone where you have to wear like the ponchos. Like the front row. Like How much a, do you expect to be peeing? I don't, dude. I don't. I hey, I want to give the fans the best bang for their buck. I I mean, because busting makes me feel good. Put on the red. <laughs> it's either it's either I'm going to do Frankenstein or I'm going to be dressed like Dick Vitale. Oh that, my It's God. the same. It's the same voice, for, essentially. True. For me, true. I would pay money to see Dick Vitale, Dick Vitale do the Young Frankenstein put on the Ritz dance. Put on the Ritz! He'd have, he'd have that baby at the end. Uh, Alright, well, let's let's wrap this up. Wrapping it on up. Um, if you're listening to the podcast on your favorite uh, podcast service, good on you. Uh, we're on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple, Google Play, iHeartRadio, pretty much everything. Um, if you're trying to reach out to us, huntresshorrorvision at gmail.com, send us an email. We'll, uh, we'll definitely get back to you. If you want us to check out any movies, have any questions, you looking for those special VIP tickets, let us know. <laughs> oh, but I hate you, book. Um, uh, I started something uh, I, I think I can be proud of. Uh, I, you know, in this day and age, I guess so. Um. Uh, hit us up on Twitter, give us a follow. That's just at HorrorVision. Could shoot us a DM there as well. Uh, we got a YouTube channel, Hunter's HorrorVision. Like, link, subscribe. Um, what else, man? What else? I think that's it. I think that's all we got for this one. Uh, what do we have next? Uh, that yesterday, that new Resident Evil movie came out. Ooh, yes. Yeah, so we'll check that out. It, I It didn't look great in the trailers, but we'll still watch it. That's hey, what, it's what we we'll, do. You never we'll, know. We'll give it a watch. If it's good, we'll, if, we'll give it a watch. But hear me out here. If we don't want to, we can always do Young Frankenstein. That's true. That's always going to be in our bag. I'll watch that again right now. <laughs> I, I, I don't tempt me. I'll do it. Um, yeah, other than that, that's all I got. Uh, have a uh, happy, safe Thanksgiving. Uh, if you're listening to this tomorrow, it's probably you're driving somewhere. That's where I'm going to have to drive out to Ohio for uh, Thanksgiving. For my, we're going to my brother's. We're going to find nice. out, uh, 
he's doing like a gender reveal too of like his kid. He just we find out if uh we got going on there. I really hope it's like something dumb. I mean, I think he pretty much just got like one or two options, you know. But like in this day and age, you don't. Who knows? Yeah, like, I, like I really hope, like. Oh, like you mean like, like the reveal? Like, no, no, no. I, I really hope like your brother and his his wife hold up a uh, hold up a balloon and they pop it, and all that comes out is just a piece of papers that says your baby's gonna be Mel Gibson or something funny like that. Whoa, little Mel Gibby. Um, a little Mel no, Gibby. He wrote on. He texted. <laughs> He texted he text me, he said, uh, how should we do this? I was like, all right, I got an idea. And then I didn't text him back for like two hours. He texted me, he's like, well, what's your idea then? I was like, oh yeah, even though I already knew that was part of the plan. A little jokester, you know, a little jokester. Classic. Classic. Um, so I text him back and I go, all right, so as we walk in, every time someone walks in, you just shake their hand and you just tell them, hey, it's a boy or it's a girl. He goes, that's not like creative. I was like, yeah, just tell us. Like, it's 2021. Like, gender reveals are kind of dumb. <laughs> yes. But I'm, I'm happy. I want to know. I'm excited to find out. Dude, I'm going to be a bomb. Hey, gonna... I'm going to be a great uncle, dude. If dude, anyone was meant be to be an uncle, uncle that's me. Uh, I'm making him call me. I'm, ma- I'm making. I'm making the kid call me Uncle Spider Man. You know, I I'm just gonna say this outright. I'm the best uncle there has ever been. That's okay, a, that's a lie. No, guess what? I so I already bought my niece and nephew three and one. I've been Christmas gifts. I've been talking to your niece and nephew on the internet. Uh, first off, your sister shouldn't let your niece and nephew on the internet. They're too young. But second off, they told me like, yeah, we like Aaron as uncle better than. Still. I was like, yeah, that's understandable. I like Aaron better too. No, 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 no. You know what I got them though? A classic gift. Okay. For my niece. Spider Man three on Blue. Toy Story. Nope. Nope. Jesse from Toy Story. And for my nephew, Woody from Toy Story. Have they do do they even know Toy Story? That's yeah. like that's like before their time. Trust me, I'm getting them all caught up. They've watched Toy Story 1, 2, and 3 multiple, 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 multiple times. I've also uh, had the pleasure of introducing them to Star Wars. I started the correct way. started with Star Wars A New Hope. Hot, uh, I was going to say hot tomorrow, take. I, I saw someone yeah. on one of the reviews or something. They like they had said like Star Wars isn't special anymore. And I, haven't, I, I never really thought about that like encapsulated. Like the way that it's been all the sh- garbage that's med- been made with the Star Wars IP. Like that guy's right. Like Star Wars isn't what it used to be. No, but uh, I'm the cool uncle. I'm the good uncle because I introduced them to Star Wars. That's something that my brother will never have the honor of saying they did, that he, he did. He introduced them to like four good movies and then just endless amounts of hot garbage. Like, hey, good We're job. not going to talk about the rest. Good job, bud. You ruined their lives. No, 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 no. <laughs> All right, we're no, wrapping no. this up. It's over. Oh. I, I, can't, I can't, with a good conscience, well, keep going on and letting you ruin these kids' lives. That's fine. If that's the case, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna get out and go. You're gone. You're going into yeah, the wilderness. I'll, see you. I'll, talk to you. I'll talk to you later. All right. Check you later, bug. All right. Later. Smell you later.